Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Double FM Sports. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jared Miserec. And today you're with Thomas Vias. You might recognize the name. That's because he was part of the famous McFarlane cross-country team. But before we get into our interview today, Thomas, how you doing, my man? I'm doing good, guys. Thank you for having me on today. Of course. Um, for those who don't know your story, how did you get started in cross-country and just running in general? Uh, you know, the way I started, uh, Mr. White recruited me in uh, seventh grade. Uh, you know, I, I was in his P class and he, we used to do this mild timed run and, and uh, you know, he had a list of the top 10 milers and that's how he used to, uh, what he used to recruit his athletes for cross country and track. Uh, you know, I didn't know what cross country track were at the time, uh, but he uses it as a recruiting tool. Uh, so that's how I met Mr. White. I know the movie depicts that uh, Mr. White showed up in, in one year, one season, and he had a state championship. And, you know, I, I, I traveled throughout the United States and I share my story and I tell kids, you know, if only things in life were that easy, uh, you know, anything worth accomplishing in life takes work, effort, you know, setting goals, um, and trying to navigate towards those goals, there's going to be setbacks in life. And that's what I talk about when I go on and speak, I, I talk about setbacks. So other, uh, did you participate in sports other than cross-country and track in high school, or is it just purely running for you? I, you know, I ran cross-country and track in high school, but I wrestled one year, my sophomore year, and I was runner-up in league in, like, the 119 division, if there's such a division. <laughs> I think it was 119, but as the season progressed, you got a pound. So I, I think I I got to wrestle in that division when I, when I was, like, at uh, 121, 121 pounds. What do you think made you and your uh, cross-country and track team so good? Uh, you know what? Uh, Mr. White had some good teams prior to us being introduced to cross-country and track. Um, and you just, we, we, we kind of wanted to emulate those, those guys that, that ran before us. Uh, and, you know, they were, you know, kind of considered, you know, they were a small school back then. Um, I guess we can still be considered a small school in California, but these guys uh at, you know when i first was introduced to the high school team they were trying to become the best team just in our county um and so when i was in junior high i was watching them win the county championships and and you know in junior high i go you know i, I want to you know i wanted to be like these guys someday so you know i i you know i i tried extra hard i was a workhorse in junior high and i was a workhorse in high school um and so i, I wanted to emulate those kids and you know we went on and had successful careers in high school um, and so the kids that come through now uh, that were close to us when we graduated, saw us run, you know, they kind of mimic the same thing. They wanted to do things like us. So before even like being a recruiter or anything, did you always enjoy running um, before that time? You know what? I wasn't a runner. I knew I used to run home for lunch in, in junior high for, for lunch. Uh, you know, my, when I worked in the fields, if it was cold winter morning, uh, and my dad would say, "Is it you know? If, are you cold?" So yeah, I'm cold. And so I'll go run to that, uh, run to the next uh, avenue and back, and, and you won't be cold anymore. <laughs> uh, kind of similar to the question that I asked before, but specifically to you, how were you able to consistently come in those top spots? Like, what was the training like that got you in such good shape? Well, you know, even junior high, I I put in a lot of miles uh, only because. I remember Mr. White, you know, telling me about long runs. And, and so, you know, if 
I kind of wanted to do outdo everybody. I, I even wanted to outdo the high school kids. So I did come from a high school background where I did a lot of uh, high mileage. I did 70 miles a week during my high school career. Um, and so when I got to college, I kind of, I kind of started running 70 miles in college, but I had already been doing it in, uh, in high school. Uh, so, you know, just willing to do what other kids or other teams aren't willing to do. And so I remember uh, early on in high school or even in eighth grade, uh, other teams looked up to us here in the county and they would ask us, you know, how did you guys, why are you guys so successful? But, you know, we ran all summer. We had a, a summer program. We ran all summer. And back in the mid eighties, late eighties, you didn't have a whole lot of teams that ran during the summer. Now, you know, two, over two decades later, I, there's not one team that does not run all summer. Everybody runs during the summer. Uh, you said you like the long runs. Have you ever done any half marathons, marathons, any of that? I, I've done, uh, I did a few half marathons. I think I've done, well, I've done a few. The only one, real ones that I really remember when I ran fast, and I don't want to say I ran real fast, but I, I have a, a merit, uh, half marathon PR of 113 one hour, 13 minutes and seven seconds. Um, I, I kind of did stayed away from the long races, but when I got older, not that I didn't run, I, I ran a half mar marathon in eighth grade. I ran a half marathon in high school. Uh, and then after college, I ran a half marathon. And then I, I did, I've only done one marathon and that was a CIM, Cal International uh, Marathon in Sacramento that starts at Folsom and, and finishes right in front of the Capitol building, uh, the capital of, of California. And I ran two hours and 58 minutes. And I was 31 years old when I did it. And my goal was to get a qualifying time for Boston, which was at the time when I was 31, I think it was uh, three hours and five minutes. So I was five, six, I was like five, six, seven, six or seven minutes underneath the qualifying time. Um, but I was on pace to run two, uh, 236 halfway through it. Uh, but I bonked. <laughs> I bonked. And it was like, it was a crazy death march the last six miles to the point where I started hallucinating, looking for some of my teammates who, who were in the movie, like David Diaz, the boys coach, Amador Ion. I'm looking for him in the crowd because if I saw him, I was gonna ask him a right, for a rifle to the finish line. Uh, but knowing what I knew shortly after the race, they weren't even there. They weren't even in Sacramento. Uh, and so the guys like to make fun of me, <laughs> tease me about that, hallucinating during a half a marathon. Uh, but once I finished it, I, I told myself I'd never do one again. Uh, but right now I'm currently training for the New York marathon uh, to do uh, it's for a fundraiser for uh, muscular dystrophy uh, for a cure for Duchenne. And the team that I'm running on is Sam's team. Nice. Very good. So what was that experience like running under um, coach Jim White for you? Oh, it was awesome. You know, so he was a good mentor for us. You know, he was like my second dad to me because, uh, you know, I came from a, you know, a family that, uh, uh, you know, in the movie, they, they depict uh, my dad drinking a couple of beers in the movie, guys. And and, and so, you know, my, my dad was an alcoholic. Uh, they show a little bit of domestic violence. Uh, but, I, you know, I grew up in a home with domestic violence where I thought it was normal all the way up to I got to junior high and I realized it was wrong and I had to stop stepping in between uh, my parents uh, to stop it. Um, the movie came out in uh, 2015. Um, and, you know, it wasn't, it was a, a year later when I started actually going out, going to schools and speaking at schools, because that's it's stuff I didn't want to talk about, uh, stuff I was embarrassed. And I didn't think it really, 
there was no meaning for me to go out and do it. I didn't think it was significant, anything to share something like that. And, and uh, I got the opportunity to speak at a small classroom setting here at McFarland, McFarland Middle School, where Mr. White retired from in 2002. And my teammate, Johnny San Diego, uh, took over his P position when Mr. White retired in 2002. And so he encouraged me to come in and just talk to the, the team about uh, just a, a colleague of his had shared the movie. And so he wanted me to come and share my story. And I said, you know, Johnny, I don't do that. And he said, uh, said well, you know what, just go in there and uh, talk about setting goals, just like we did in high school to win state, talk about how higher education is important and which it is. So I, I, you know, okay, I'll do that. So I made some bullet points and uh, Johnny and I spoke for about, you know, 15 minutes each. Uh, then they opened up the Q&A to these 20 students. And, you know, I thought they were going to ask me my uh, PR time in the mile or when I went to call or where I went to college. But now the kids were asking me, you know, hey, did, did my dad drink a lot? And, you know, they did show my dad drinking a couple of beers. And, you know, without saying my dad was an alcoholic, I agreed. Uh, they asked me about uh, my parents really fought a lot. And without saying I grew up in a home with domestic violence, I agreed. Um, and then this one young man asked me about the bridge scene in the movie. So there's a bridge scene in the movie where I'm contemplating jumping off. And that day I was, I totally lied. I say, oh no, that's Hollywood. They totally uh, sensationalized that. And, uh, but you know, I, I was lying. I wasn't being honest. I was, I was, I was uh, something I wasn't ready to share at the time. And I was already a grown man in my, you know, in my uh, early forties when the movie came out and that happened, I'm 52 years old now. Uh, well, maybe I was my mid forties, <laughs> mid forties, because the movie came out six years ago. And, uh, you know, when we were done, the kids, you know, came up to you and thank you. And they were out the door, but there was this young one man that, that, uh, stayed in the back of the classroom and he came up to me and said, Hey, Mr. Vias, I, I appreciate you sharing your story with me today because your story growing up back then is my story today. Uh, so he was going through those situations now with his family and so you know it made me realize you know hey if I can help this kid and I told him you know hey you're going to get through this you know you just need to talk to somebody a counselor or let me know if I can help um, and guys you know I since that day I, I've traveled all over the United States sharing my story and as I've gone on it's kind of been therapy for me to help me heal and uh, he was the first young man that ever told me that first student and he hasn't been the last every time I speak whether it be at a cross-country meet, like yesterday I was in a, a Round Rock, Texas at the McNeil Invitational sponsored by Hoka. Um, and I do a meet greet where, you know, I sell t-shirts and movie posters and kids come up, take pictures and, you know, they can ask me anything. Um, I don't do my whole spiel. I just, if they ask me a question about the movie or about my life, I answer it. Or if they ask me about my teammates, I answer the question. Uh, just the opportunity to get my name out there to hopefully to get my foot in the door to speak at their schools. And that's what I do. That's my I'm retired now from the state of California. Um, and so when that young man told me that, I kind of have kind of added more things that that have that I guess I had locked up in back of my mind for years and was embarrassed to talk about. Well, um, so he was the first one to ever tell me that. He hasn't been the last. I've had other students. I've had teachers. I've had administrators come up and tell me the same thing. Hey, that's my story, Coach Vias. And so... Uh, I asked to be to speak at schools all the time. So that's what I do for a living. I, I, I travel once a month and I try to hit as many schools within a three or five day period. So kind of going back to what we talked about with the state championship, you know, there's so many runners across so many states and not everyone gets that feeling of winning the state championship gold. What was it like when you guys found out that you did? 
Well, we didn't know we actually did. Well, our goal for up from night, because uh, it was the Ignaro California State Championship. So in, in, 80, 90s, in uh, 86, Mr. White gave us the information. There's going to be a state championship, guys. There's going to be three divisions, division one, two, and three. Division three being the smallest division, and we were going to be in that division. So we set goals to, to try to win that. And uh, we were kind of, we were already favored going in because we already considered one of the, you know, the, one, not just one of the best small schools in the state of California, but in the nation. So uh, we, rest, we set some goals to win that. And they, we go out with that without having any problems. We did because in the movie, just like they depict in the movie, um, our third man, Jose Car Car Cardenas, he had a bad race and he ended up being our seventh man, finished second to last. Uh, and I thought that jeopardized our finish, uh, not knowing, you know, how the points were going to add up. Uh, but what ended up happening is, is uh, uh, they took, they, they ushered me away after I finished. And because they were talking to all the top, I think the top 10 runners, the, to a new, in a news uh, media section. And they were talking to me and they asked me if, if we don't win the California state championship, if we don't win it, does your individual placing going to be, if it was it, well, you know, I get, you know, I told him yes, because, you know, the goal was never ever to try to win a state championship individually. It was trying to, to uh, win it as a team. Um, and as we're, I'm there talking, the media's talking to me, asking me questions. I look over uh, away from me where there's this tree and my teammates are out there hugging and crying. And I realized, you know, they just got some news about something, you know, I think something happened. So I, I, I ran over there and uh, they, I think Mr. White told me we won. And so they got to know that we won the state championships before I did. And so I got there and, uh, you know, tears of joy started flowing down all our, our faces. Uh, it was a pretty cool moment. And then Mr. White went on and won eight more state titles within a 14 year span before Mr. White retired in uh, 2002. What would you say has been the biggest life lesson, life lesson um, Coach White taught you? Uh, you know what, uh, to always be positive and, and always have a good attitude. Um, because, you know, growing up, I, I couldn't control things in my household, but I could control how my attitude when I went to school, when I practiced, um, you know, I was down a lot as far as like, you know, being depressed because of my home situation, but I got involved in something positive that made me feel good, that challenged me, that thought that, that I knew that was going to open doors for me like to, to go to school, to college, to, to get, you know, higher education, not just for me, but for my teammates. And so, uh, you know, Mr. White always, uh, encouraged us to, to come back to our community because, you know, we represented McFarland and, you know, just about every kid growing up in McFarland thinks they're going to graduate from high school, go get a job or go to college uh, and never come back because it's a small town. Nobody really wants to be here. People say back then we said there's nothing to do here. Uh, kids, the, I, I raised three kids here and they say the same thing. There's nothing to do here. <laughs> and so, uh, so, you know, I, you know, I want to encourage kids that, you know, don't ever be ashamed of where you came from. And that's what Mr. White always wanted us to be proud of where we're from. Uh, no matter how small your town is, um, come back and give back. So I'm the girls cross country coach at McFarland High School. But, you know, I've been I've been at the high school, I think, six years now. Uh, I'm the varsity girls coach. Before that, I was the assistant for a few years. Uh, but I coached the McFarland track club that I ran for in junior high. Um, then I coached that McFarland track club where I took individual kids 
to national championships throughout the United States. And uh, so just trying to give back to our community. Now you've mentioned a few of your uh, teammates' names from back then. How often do you keep in contact with them? Do you guys like meet up and go for runs or how's that like? Uh, we go on runs once in a while. So uh, David Diaz is a, uh, he lives just down the street from me. I can see his, this big old pine tree. He lives on the country and I live in the outskirts of town of McFarland. We all grew up on the east side of town of McFarland within a one mile radius. Now we all live on the west side of town within a one mile radius of each other. Uh, so David Diaz is a uh, school board member for McFarland Unified School District. Um, he works in uh, for the California Department of Corrections in uh, in the education, so he's an administrator for the education program at one of the prisons. And so the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation is the agency that I retired from. Um, so I retired two years ago, so because I had the opportunity to go speak every month. So that's what I do now. The uh, Mossio Diaz is a retired Bakersfield PD detective. Uh, Danny Diaz is a high school counselor at McFarland High School. Uh, going back to David Diaz, David Diaz's daughters actually run for me. Uh, one's a senior in high school. One's a sophomore in high school. Uh, Danny Diaz girls have ran for me. They're out of high school now. Uh, one of them runs for Cal State, Cal State University of Bakersfield, which is my alma mater. Uh, and then uh, uh, Johnny Samaniego, uh, who is the football player in the movie that gets knocked out. He's a PE teacher at McFarland Middle School where Mr. White retired in 2002. So when Mr. White retired, 18, 19 years ago, Johnny slipped right into his P position. And Johnny's a, uh, the varsity girls basketball team or varsity basket, girls basketball coach at McFarland High School. And so uh, him and I travel quite a bit. I travel with the Diaz's brothers uh, as well. We, we just came back from a couple of trips in, uh, in Texas where the four of us spoke, Danny Diaz, David Diaz, and Johnny Samaniego. Uh, we're going back in January together to San Angelo, Texas to speak. Uh, Jose Cardenas, who is the writer in the movie, um, he got a degree in journalism. Uh, he graduated with a degree in journalism from uh, uh, Stanis, no, Humble State. Uh, we ran a community college together before he transferred. Uh, he wrote for the LA Times for a little bit, for a couple of years, and then he uh, enlisted in the United States Army. I think he's been in the Army for 18, 19 years now. So what, what was it like running in college compared to running in high school? Oh, definitely the competition. I mean, uh, you know, you, you know, we're a small town, small division, uh, definitely more competition collegiately. Um, and you remember I said that I, I came from a background where I did a lot of mileage in high school. So when I got to, when in high school, I did 70 miles a week from my freshman year to my senior year. Uh, when I went to college, they expected me to run 70 miles a week. So these other athletes that maybe had, Maybe their coaches weren't running them as long, which is, that's fine. They were running maybe like 40, 50 miles a week. They had that big jump in performance uh, because they went from a, a background of running 45 mile weeks. Now they're doing 70 mile weeks. They're doing the same mileage as I am. Um, so they probably performed a little bit better than uh, uh, in college than I did. But, you know, I still had a good time. We had a, a good team. Uh, we had a, a team that was second in conference, second in Northern Cal. And we finished fifth in the community college level first day we should have been second behind the team that we finished second in conference to and second in northern cal to but 
we had one, he kind of threw like a Danny Diaz, but not a Danny Diaz. He kind of threw a Jose Cardenas in a race, but we didn't have a Danny Diaz that stepped up in this race. And, and so, but, but, and then, um, and then when I ran a division two, you know, you stepped up, he ran while our conference championship was 10,000, a 10 K on the, on the cross country course. And those were tough, but you know, I, I had a good time. I was, I was anywhere from first man to second man when I was in college in, uh, in division two. Um, but definitely, uh, it was a good experience. Um, and, uh, enjoyed it. And, you know, it opened doors for me to go to college. Now talking about the movie, I know you said that um, the movie depicts it as Coach White just kind of coming in there one year and then leaving with, or not leaving, but, you know, having that state championship in that one year. And, you know, that's not exactly how that happened. Is there a percent of how much correct the movie was, or did it actually capture the full team story, in your opinion? Uh, you know what? Uh, we get that asked a lot. And, you know what? I, I've spoken with all my teammates, and I've heard you know, one of my teammates, when the first movie came out, that it was a true movie and it's 100% true, but you know, that's not true. And I've heard Johnny San Diego say it's 70%, 75% true, 25% Hollywood. And, and, you know, everybody can decipher what's true and what's Hollywood. Um, what I, I say is that the movie doesn't depict the worst or the best. I had it growing up in McFarland. So, you know, in the movie, they show my dad drinking a couple of beers and I share when I go speak that my dad was an alcoholic. They show a little bit of domestic violence. I, I share that I grew up in a home with domestic violence. Um, so I, I, I expand on the real challenges that I had. In the movie, uh, they also don't depict the best. And so for me, the best wasn't winning some state championship, some trophy or medal. Um, it's about what we did afterwards. Uh, you know, our, our education, our careers, and my family that, I still, that I'm raising here in McFarland. Now, did you at all participate in the making of the movie? You know what? Uh, the you know the the original idea of making the movie was Mr. Sorry about that. There you go. I had a phone call coming in. I so uh, in 1998, Mr. White had one of his best teams, and we were young in our careers, but we were going back to run with these boys. Uh, and these boys called us the veteranos, the veteran, which means the veterans. And so we were mentors for these boys. And um, we went to the Great American Cross Country Invitational in Charlotte, North Carolina, and these boys won it. And I think Johnny San Diego and myself made that trip with them, and we were so excited that they won that. Well, when they won that, um, they, that was like the best team Mr. White, White ever had. And um, they got a lot of attention. There was an LA Times article written about them. The reporter came to McFarland, followed these boys working in the fields. So they were working in the fields just like the way I grew up. And my teammates grew up working in the fields. And then showing up to Mr. White's house at 6 o'clock in the evening in the Central Valley where it's still 100 degrees out. Uh, and Mr. White would ask them to run 8 miles, 10 miles, and they would do it. And so, uh, and we were included in the article. So somebody had the, an idea, asked Mr. White, hey, we'd like to write a book about you. And he kind of agreed. And they started talking about about the book and then next thing you know it was a big the idea became a movie let's do a movie so uh mr white started sharing our stories and so they said well you know we need to interview these guys so somebody did interview us eventually a script writer showed up and they wrote a script 
Um, the script was rated R, the original script. And so this is 1999-2000 when this happens. And so the movie came out in 2015. So we're still 15 years away from the movie. Uh, but the original script was rated R. Um, nobody invested ever to make the movie happen. Uh, so Disney is not involved at the time. And the script would get sold over and over until uh, 2010, 2011. Uh, Disney bought the script. Disney bought the script. They sent another script writer to clean the script up. Uh, it's the original script, but they written, but they they took all the rated R stuff out, uh, made it into a Disney movie, and they filmed it in 2013. They filmed two weeks in McFarland altogether, and the rest of it was filmed on set in Northern California, anywhere from uh, Santa Clarita to the Malibu Beach, uh, or on set at Burbank Studios, where Disney Studios is located. Uh, the rest of the time. Um, and it was released in 2015. Uh, it's been out six years. Uh, there's different outlets you can watch it on, but October 29th of next month, uh, it comes out on Disney+. Plus. Um, I know. I'm, personally, I'm a, I was a cross-country runner in high school. I watched your movie when it came out, you know, the first week. And I thought the story was cool, but that's your story. What was it like when you got to watch it for the first time and see, you know, them depicting your life in a movie about your team well you know the the i when i go out and speak i talk about i watched i watched it twice before it came out in theaters uh before it came out in theaters in 2015 um the second time i probably enjoyed it the best and so uh so the second time i watched it was the world premiere the hollywood world premiere where we walked the red carpet with all the actors and all the the vips and uh, my family got to do it, to, to go. So we watched it. They introduced us. Um, they introduced all the actors. And then after we watched it, it at the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood, we walked across the street to the Hard Rock Cafe for the after party and got to mingle and meet all the, you know, all these dignitaries. So they, they had a lot of, if you know all the runners, they had uh, Leo Manzano was there, who I was just there this weekend with Hoka uh, at the McNeil Invitational. They had... Uh, uh, Meb was there as a guest. Uh, Oscar De La Hoya was there as a guest with his family. So it was pretty cool. We got to meet them. Um, so that was the second time I watched it. Um, the, the first time I watched it was what I call the sneak preview is Disney sent a charter bus to McFarland. They picked up my, my, our spouses and, and my teammates and Mr. And Mrs. White went, they took us to Burbank studios in Southern California. And we watched it. And uh, I was kind of upset you know, kind of some of the things that they sh uh, showed about my family and only because I wasn't really to, ready to, to talk about stuff like that. And so, but everything's a lot better now. And I, I, I can actually accept the movie for what it is. And as long as I'm able to backtrack and, and, and talk about what my life really was. Yeah, so go, kind of going back to your public speaking. Now, growing up, were you always comfortable doing public speaking or is that something that kind of came to you down later in life? Uh, it's something that came to me later in life and probably more so now because I would never would imagine that I'd be going to auditoriums and speaking to a thousand people, 15,000, 1,500 people. Uh, and my crowds aren't always that big because I, I go to small schools in West Texas and, you know, they might have maybe 80 students or 80 faculty members that I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm speaking to. Um, yes. Go ahead. Look, looking back, you know, obviously the state championship, but outside of that, 
what would you consider your favorite memory from, you know, those times back in high school? One more time again. Uh, you know, like looking back, obviously you have the state championship, but outside of that, what would be your favorite time or favorite memory that you have from back in high school running? Uh, just the camaraderie that we, we had back then. Uh, you know, we were kids. Uh, we were very impressionable by what Mr. White was able to do with the, for us. Um, and so meeting Mr. White and the things he did, you know, you know, not only was he a coach, but he, you know, Mr. White introduced us to a lot of things that if it had not been for the sport, we wouldn't have had the opportunity, opportunity to do it. Uh, you know, when I met Mr. White in junior high, he told me if, if I ever got good enough, he would take me to running Eugene, Oregon. And when I graduated eighth grade, because I ran cross country and track for him, uh, he took me to Eugene, Oregon to run the track city classic. Um, and it was in 1984. And so one night he had us up after competing in this three day meet, uh, on the campus of university in, in Eugene, Oregon, uh, watching the Olympic torch run through Eugene, Oregon on the way to Los Angeles for the 84 Olympics. So that's something we wouldn't have experienced if it wasn't for Mr. White or the sport. Um, and so a lot of other firsts was like taking us to the beach, um, taking us miniature golfing, going bowling, going to nice restaurants. So he opened up a lot of doors for us and gave us an experience that had not been for the sport. Uh, we wouldn't have had that opportunity. All right, last question here. What would be a piece of advice you would give to some a young kid maybe trying to get involved in the sport of running? Well, you know what? Uh, it, it is a challenging sport, but uh, the challenge is not to win races or to win medals and trophies, is to challenge your own personal ability uh, to get through a run one mile run without walking, uh, then move on to a two mile run. And, you know, whether you have some talent or no talent, everybody can be successful in this sport and, and uh, help you persevere when you have challenges in life. And so that's, that's the thing is, is in, whether it's cross country or track, uh, it, it'll challenge you and, and help you believe that, that you can take on anything after, after competing in something challenging, like, like in a race or a, a tough workout, that anything is possible. Uh, when somebody tells you, no, you can, you push your way through it because if you can work out, if you can push yourself through a workout that's strenuous, then anything else in life will be easy. All right. Well, like Ethan said, that was the last question we have for you. So once again, um, I just want to say I appreciate you coming on. Um, and yeah, just I really appreciate it. You're one of my biggest uh, running idols. I watched your movie um, and then actually started running cross country back in eighth grade. So I really appreciate you coming on. Well, I appreciate you, John and Ethan, for, for giving me the opportunity. Uh, maybe some days I'll, one day I'll, I'll come on and visit your way. Yeah. All right. All right, Ethan, would you like to hit him with an outro? Yes. So for Double FM Sports, I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jeremy Zarek. And we are signing off.